What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Rambling Souls podcast. Really glad to be here. Glad to be back. This is uh, episode number six. Uh, my name is Aaron Montano Teague, and I'm joined here by my bandmates. We're starting across the table this time. Gabe Jimenez, guitar. Austin Burns, drums. Mauricio, the singer. And uh, we also have back Mr. John Becker. Howdy, howdy. John Glad Becker. to be back. Yeah, so a uh, little bit different on the intro today because uh, we're, we're missing Hob today. We're well, shorter, guy. Yep. Yeah, it happens. Yeah, you know, life is crazy. It's all good. John got to upgrade to the table. <laughs> yeah, John. John has the a seat at the table now. The seats, the seat rolls around. It's it's more comfy, right? <laughs> Reclines. Whole new world up here. We got John sitting on a, just on a pole over there in the corner. <laughs> Yikes! Just, so how's, yeah, how, how's a, it feel sitting at nice, the table? Nice visual sitting on a pole. Um, <laughs> imagine that, however you want. No, it's nice. <laughs> this one has a cushion. I like it. A little, little comfier <laughs> on the buns, huh? Seat's probably still warm from Hav. <laughs> it's probably still warm from when I was there. Nice. I left a couple of presents for you. Nice. Oh, oh that's what that was. <laughs> you guys. So what the hell have y'all been doing? It's been a bit since we uh, we recorded. What's been going on? Oh, man. Oh, man. Busy. Busy, busy, busy. But, you know, I've been, I keep telling people, you know, no days off right now because we had a whole year off. So time to work. Hey, that's a good way to look at it. You know, had enough days off. Yeah, dude, it's a busy time right now for me, I can tell you that much. I think one thing that's worth mentioning um, in behalf of all of us that are here, as far as the band and Hav uh, included, is that uh, we've been rolling as far as getting things uh, situated with pre-production for some uh, upcoming, I guess, shows and getting back into the studio with last week being not an off week for us, the Rambling Souls, but actually having gotten back in and shaking off some of the rust, so to speak, and oh, uh, yeah. doing a little yep. bit of jamming, getting together and getting the whole vibe and feeding off one another. Got some new material on the horizon. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. It's it felt, it felt so good to jam again, It man. came I together was, really nicely, man. I didn't realize how much I missed it until uh, we got back to it. And you know what I noticed about that jam last week? Not to cut you off, but uh, so it's been so long since we have gotten in the jam room and played together. So it was like, it was sort of rusty, but at the same time, it was really fucking tight, and if that makes sense, that those can no, both I, be happening I, I, at the I same time. I feel the same way. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, yeah. So uh, for those of y'all listening at home, yeah, we are getting back on the horse. Um, as you know, a lot of things are opening up again, and uh, we are going to go ahead and go with it and, and uh, try and get back to the the normal sense of things and uh, come to a city near you, hopefully normal. soon. What's that? <laughs> yeah. yeah, for real. Yeah, so, so uh, all right. So let's. Uh, you guys want to do the fun stuff here? Sure. Fun stuff. What do you got for All us, right, man? so we are going to do this. So for for a change, I I uh, I got turned on to a shot by a buddy of mine. He's a, he's a bartender. He's master with getting people drunk and making it taste good. So anyhow, uh, I took this one from him. Uh, shout out to Mr. Edward Foster. The term "shot" here is used very loosely. Oh, it's a shot. You shoot it. It's, You're it's not very it. loosely. Um, <laughs> so I, I'm, uh, glass. I'm stepping on Mauricio's toes here for this week. Sorry, By all means, brother. Sorry, be my <laughs> guest. Be my guest. Uh, so, but just to just to chime in a little bit there, uh, in between both of you guys' commentary, uh, it is a drop shot, like mm-hmm, you said. So mm-hmm. uh, go ahead and let them know what we're doing there, Aaron. All right. So it's called a Hawaii bomb. So what it is is we got a we're each doing half of a half of a Kona big wave. That's what we're dropping it into. The actual shot that we're dropping is half Malibu, and you can use any pineapple or uh, coconut rum. 
and then the other half pineapple juice. So wonderful. Yeah, when I had it, I was like, "Oh man, that sounds delicious. This better not uh, suck." And then I took it, and I was like, "Oh fuck yeah, this, this didn't suck." Good. And so, this just so good. that you guys know, Aaron did uh, prepare these here just a minute ago before we got started, and I've just been staring at this thing, <laughs> burning yeah, a man. hole in that bar over there. Yeah, <laughs> hell so yeah, I'm well, ready. Let's, let's do it, boys. Come that on, sounded interesting. Right. Salud, guys. Cheers, y'all. Cheers, everyone. Hope you guys have a drink at home. Cheers. Wonderful. Yeah. Wow, that is really good, dude. Really oh, yeah. good. Made like a bit that. of a mess over here when I dropped that shit, though. <laughs> I didn't get any on the roadcaster, though, so we're, we're good. Oh, yeah. I dig the pineapple. I yeah. love it, dude. I took about half of mine down. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to enjoy the rest of it, but um, I can go both ways. Hey, hey, Whoa. dude, it's a new world. Hey, dude. You really are a rock and roll front man. Man. Are we going back hey. to ACDC? Are we talking about ACDC again? You, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, what do we have next, guys? What are we doing? Uh, what are we doing? Oh, you know what? This is a good time. I think we should go with uh, our voicemails. So uh, as we mentioned earlier, we are missing our wonderful bass player, Hav, and he was kind enough to call in and uh, on the voice line and uh Leave us a message and uh, kind of still be present on the show. Austin, you want to give him that, that line? Uh, yeah, I remember the guys, the Google voice line. Uh, if you ever want to call and leave a message, um, tell us what you liked about the show, what you didn't like, your point of view on something we talked about, or just anything, man. Uh, 512-766-6774. A lot of sevens and sixes. I'm gonna have to come up with a little jingle for that. So right. kind of, so I'll record it and make a button. <laughs> I just realized there's a six 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 in there. That's metal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's metal, bro. <laughs> All right, let's not get I, into I that again. <laughs> Five one two seven six six six. Uh, it have a nice ring to it, though, doesn't it? Hey. Yeah. All right, so uh, let me see if I got this hooked up right. Let's see what Hav has to say. Hey guys, what's going on? It's your bass player, Hav. Hey, Hav. Um, Sorry, I can't make it to the show tonight. Uh, working for the man's a real bitch. Um, but I hope you guys have a really good show. Can't wait to hear it. And, uh, yeah, I guess it's a good opportunity to remind everybody else out there that they, too, can call in and leave you guys a message. Um, yeah, uh, give this number a call if you, uh, if you want to and stuff. I don't know the number, but Aaron will share it as soon as I'm done talking. <laughs> anyway, these guys have a good How job. did you call me? Uh, calling right back with my pick for the playlist. I don't want to miss that. Later. Thank you. All right. He said he didn't know the number, but he called the number. I sent I sent the uh, the, the contact, contact for it. Yeah, so he just so he saved just it. Dude, that's like the, the most the typical band shit ever, where it's like, okay, uh, we have all the stuff that we're expecting everyone to do, but wait, what's that number again? Like, yeah, I don't oh know. My God. Yeah. <laughs> that's why there's but somebody nobody, like, here knows to pick phone one another up. It's I know people good. who don't even know their own phone number. Yeah, like, wow. I, that I don't think there's an excuse. That's another level of laziness. Yeah, like because well, it's not like they call it. They have a QR code on their like tattooed on them or something. Like, how do they give their number? Out. Like, they nice. just yeah, give me your number. I'll cool. send you a text. Like, oh my god, what is this world coming well, you know, to? Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people nowadays, you know, it's like, oh, you follow me on this. So they pull their phones out right then and there, and it's like, follow me on this or whatever. And yeah, I don't, I don't know my home address. I just live there. Here's, here's my pin. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> let me drop a pin for you. Oh my god, it's nice. like ridiculous. Well, we do have another voicemail. So, uh, and this one's not from Hob. Oh, we have two days. Let's, oh, no. Let's see what this caller You're getting says. blown up. Do, uh, do we have a screener? What's going to happen right now? <laughs> <laughs> my, my screener's Google Voice, and it tries to give me the, con, the, the, the um, what is it? The, um, uh, the, the, transcript. Oh, the transcript. transcription. There you yeah. go. That's what I was looking for. Yeah, it's not always right. But anyways, let's see what this caller has to say. 
Hey, this is Ted Critico with Fury Golf Company. Just wanted to say I recently came across Rambling Souls, connected with Gabe. Love the music, big in the podcast. Just wanted to keep it up. Keep it up. Hey, well, that was cool. Nice. Right, that was a good call. You know what? That was a. Uh, that, actually, that's our first one outside of the the close circle. So, uh, <laughs> round of applause for you, buddy. Awesome, dude. Thanks a lot, Ted. Yeah. So, so you said he connected with you, Gabe. You want to tell us about that? Yeah, man. So, there's a an awesome, awesome clothing line out of New York uh, called Fury Golf, and it's so pretty. It's pretty cool that their whole their motto is golf with rock and roll soul. And that's hey, just pretty yeah. much that's pretty much up my alley, and especially with uh, you know uh, you know everything affiliated with with golf and rock and roll. It's kind of it, it's kind of looked at differently in the sense to where they don't really match up, so to speak. When you take like a gentleman's game, for instance, and you you know get somebody who's dressed in all black that's not Gary Player and has long hair and piercings and you know, slugging down brews and not on the golf course. So, and to me, last time that I golfed. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So it kind of gives another, you know, perspective, you know, to a lot of other people to kind of help relate that message that it's cool to still do the two, you know what I mean? And, um, yeah, man, I dude, came across be, them. You can be a rock and golfer. So, you, so you're saying that they when you go play golf, right you, don't, you don't wear those plaid pants? I do not wear those plaid pants. Not that I have anything against them. It's just I don't think I look appealing in plaid to begin with <laughs> nobody but, looks appealing in plaid <laughs> hey man i mean some people might think well, okay, that you know so bubble plaid like uh like you know that well there's a difference between a plaid thermal and plaid pants <laughs> there you go yeah okay. there's but good yeah, plaid that, that's fair enough <laughs> this uh the clothing brand man it's great and anything that had like skull and like crossbones just kind of always you know grabs my eye and my attention and so wait, what was what was the name of the company again fury golf fury golf you can check them out you can go to their website or you can check out their handles you know on both you know instagram facebook and uh, see what they're all about they got a bunch of like performance gear as far as like polos shirts hats um they got some pretty cool you know accessories for golfers like head covers and everything set up to where uh they got like skulls and crossbones like i mentioned got this uh really cool item that's called like war chief where it's got like this skull with like a headdress. I fucking love that name. Yeah, War dude, Chief. Like it's got a it's got a skull with a with a headdress and like the actual clubs that are set up like set up like you know mm-hmm. it's really really cool, man. And uh, oh, so big I saw, shout okay, out to them. Yeah, I saw you post something on your Instagram with those emblems. I didn't know what they were. And, yeah, so, dude. Um, that's cool. They looked really badass. The guys were able to send me out a care package of some gear in which to course use and kind of help promote, man. And uh, it's uh, it's really really cool gearing up for this tournament that I got coming up this weekend with my girlfriend. It's going to be pretty cool to kind of like wave the banner for them and uh, you know show some people some insight into some serious gear that's out there, man. Shout out to New York, not only to Fury Golf but my Yankees too as well. <laughs> Throw a little plug for the boys. All right, wait, hold on, We're, we got to take a shot real fast. Me and Maurice are going to do some. Nice. Hell yeah! Cheers. Thank you. Bro. Oh yeah. Gracias. You're biking. All right, now I'm better. Viking scotch. Wow. Uh, side, what are we drinking segment real quick. Well, this is cool. Yeah, I normally don't shoot it, but that, that looked like a really good idea. That, that's uh, uh, kind of a I've sipper never for me, had but. this before. I Funny thing is I saw some cough drops sitting on the table, and I just wanted one for no reason at all. Aaron asked me if that was because I just came from a recording session before, and he's like, dude, if your voice is sore or something like that, I got this stuff right here. It's good for the throat. Highland, Highland Park 12. Mm-hmm. I've never had it before. Viking, I, Viking honor. That's the at, one that they. At first, I politely declined because I didn't. I, I just, <laughs> I just wanted, you know, kind of something that, like a gum type thing or something. Um, 
And then the weirdest thing, after two cop drops, then my throat starts itching and I can't stop. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, let me try this oh, stuff. No. Dude, this stuff is really good. Yeah, yeah that's, that's my favorite, man. I nice. think. Uh, and you're right. I, I did shoot it, but this is a great, like, yeah, it's great just to sip. You yeah, know, I usually just glasses. drink it neat. Wonderful. Sip on one of those for a little while. Anyway, Sorry moving to along. Cut you off, Gabe. Damn. Along. Oh, it's cool. My bad. Uh, so yeah, everybody, well, check out Fury Golf, man. That, that was pretty cool of them to call in, and uh, sounds like they got some pretty cool stuff. Like to get War, back to Dave's thing War real Chief, quick, you got me interested. Um, <laughs> this guy, I follow his Instagram stories and stuff, and I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not a golfer. I don't know much about it, but what I do know is that our man right here, Gabe. Oh, this dude is like when he says he's a golfer, like this guy. Is a golf. You should see his swing. Do you like? Wow. Yeah, I feel like we need to talk about that a little bit because we, I mean, for one, I don't think people have really heard much about you on the podcast. But I mean, you are a hell of a golfer, and it's not like who just is that. Gabe? Tell us. Let me let me praise him real quick. As a <clears throat> f- fellow lover of golf, uh, I've seen some videos of him hitting bombs, dude. Like <laughs> I said, I don't, bombs. I don't, I don't know much about golfing, dude. But I know when I see, I'm like, holy cow, dude! Goddamn, this guy is not messing around. In a nutshell, man. In a nutshell, to not get off track because I know we got a, a whole episode here ahead of us. But Maybe Gabe, um, he's like, "Oh, well, I'm gonna talk about myself." <laughs> no, nah, man. Uh, I've been playing. I've been playing both golf and, and music, or at least guitar for that matter, pretty much my entire life. So it's always been one of those things that's a little more hit or miss, you know, in certain areas as far as having grown up and gotten away from one a little, you know, from time to time or whatnot. But it's always like kind of riding a bike, man. You know, you get back up on there, and you kind of shake off the rust and. You can get from point A to point B, just depending, of course, you know, on the effort and everything that you place into it. But, um, yeah, dude, a lot of people don't know if they look at me, you know, walking into a room or out even on a golf course that I can hit a golf ball. But it's well, that's uh, the whole point of the Fury Golf, right? Yeah, exactly. So that's why when I We're saw that, change that, when I saw that, I was like, kind of like this was something that I'd been thinking about for the longest time. And to see that somebody's already kind of like put that foot in the door having hooked up with them dude isn't that the coolest shit ever like when you know that like there's somebody else out there who's like seeing that same need yeah man do it for sure and and it's one of those things where it's kind of like i think now nowadays it's one of those things like after of course you know have tiger woods taken off and done what he's done and brought like golf into the inner city so to speak now it's kind of branching (laughs) off to where like hey dude you know, all in, bro. Like anybody can do what they want to do. Yeah, and dude, you know, Happy Gilmore show of that course. hockey players can play golf. Tough guys can play golf. I mean, it is buddy, what it is, bro. My buddy has all his three kids. You know, two sons and a daughter, and they, they're out in the greens too. I see their videos, and they're, you know, they're in it, man. They're in it, it. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool, man. Like my three like biggest passions in life are music, golf, and fast fucking cars. Nice. And yeah. to be able to to be able to kind of like blend the three together in the sense to where like I got a fast car to get me to the golf course and to the show, and then on top of that I can actually Jet blast like, and rock and roll on the way. Yeah, dude. And I for can, those of, of course, you who don't know, Gabe has matching Mustangs and a truck. Nah, no. <laughs> well, but, the truck the truck and the Mustang match. Not yeah. he does, It's not matching Mustangs. Like and then Mustang. No, 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 no a like, Mustang and a truck yeah. that match. But very nice. The point is. Uh, Literally, I they have fucking badass apparel to where I can wear either on stage or at a golf course and just be like, be me. You I'm know? glad you mentioned that because I was going to ask, because uh, the stuff you're describing sounds really cool, uh, does everything look like a golf course outfit? Cause so, like, the stuff it is in which they have, you know, the majority of it are the colors that I actually wear, <laughs> and it's black and white. So when going into, like, 
any of their like performance polos that they have or like any of the shirts, for instance, like with the War Chief uh, insignia on it or whatever it is, it's entitled, you know, Fury Golf. It's, yeah, dude, it goes both ways, either on a stage or See, I'm telling you. on a golf course. You know what I mean? That's great, dude, because I only have typically one place where I get kind of like my stage gear uh, as far as clothes wise. And then, of course, the other kind of secret to stuff like that is. You know, like the secondhand stores and stuff like that. Oh you can yeah, dude. Gold mines there. Some cool but stuff. as far as like the actual an, an actual store to buy like new rock looking clothes, there's only one place that I go to. I'm not sure if I want to say it out loud. You know, no, don't do that. That's why. <laughs> that's why that Highland Park you drank right now it is yeah. it just jumped up in price. So, <laughs> well, the, but the reason uh, that I'm uh, I'm saying that is because dude, anywhere else that, that I can, that he, you know, anybody can turn me on to. It's Penny. <laughs> no, fifty dollar, fifty dollar pair of fucking Levi jeans or something. Uh, no, so anyway, not to ramble on or whatever, but uh, that's cool. Dude. I'm gonna check them out. So just uh, as a quick, you know, heads up or whatnot. If if in fact you do follow the Rambling Souls or or me, Gabe Jimenez on any of the handles. Um, got some pretty cool stuff working with the guys at Fury Golf to where once we nice. get things, you know, up and at them, uh, we'll go to course and you know put it on the Rambling Souls. Uh, got that discount code coming up, or we... you know what? We might work on something, man. Maybe Gabe six six six, you know, or we might work on like a little giveaway <laughs> oh, package man. or whatnot. There could be some stuff in the works. We but... gotta, we'll have a tournament. You got to come beat Gabe in golf. That's what you do. You just go Nancy Kerrigan and just fucking take out the kneecap. Oh, dude, yeah. You just got to come. Well, if in fact you were to take out the kneecap, Tiger Woods did win a U.S. Open or a PGA Championship with a torn meniscus. So yeah, it's also Tiger Woods. Yeah, (laughs) all the all the biggest greats have that one (laughs) where it was like, dude, that one game where like my arm fell off and uh, (laughs) still scored whatever. Dude, I, I I don't know how like athletes can do that, but I I mean I've done some stuff like playing shows where I'm like gushing blood. Like if, if I was like playing drums or something, I'm like bleeding like crazy. Mm-hmm. And I I mean I played a, a show where I, I'm, I almost passed out because I had like a hundred and two fever, and you know I almost <sighs> or passed that show out. the show that we played over at the White Rabbit where I was. Oh. <laughs> oh man, on the fritz. Doctor appointment. Oh. I was on the fritz, but it's all good, man. Yeah, that adrenaline pours in, brother. You're in your element. You're in the zone, and you just will your way across the finish line, man. <laughs> Dude, how the hell did you end up with like getting all like serious with the golf stuff, though? Because it's like I feel like those two worlds are so different. Like where you gravitated towards with the music, and then you got the golf, but you're like just as good at either one you know like and that's kind of rare like how did how did that happen how, how fortunately to- that, that's what i was trying to emphasize earlier i'm like i see this guy playing and it's like dude that, that's not a that's not a just like a weekend guy type of swing right there that's a you know fortunately man you know with with my pops and my two older brothers who play too as well and are damn good in their own uh it, it's having been around it and it was one of those things where it was just kind of like, you know, luck of the draw. You picked it up, too. And, you know, whenever they would go out to either, you know, play on the course or, you know, go to the driving range or whatever, I was always there. And it was one of those things where, like, again, I just took to it, man. Like like hearing Stevie Ray Vaughan for the first time, I was like, oh, I want to do that. Right on. And then it was like literally seeing my dad and my, my brothers play, like seeing them and how competitive they are. It was like, you know what, I want to do that, too. Dude, I felt all shitty, like, the first time that we went to the driving range together, like, we went as a band, and, like, I'm, like, I, I saw you, like, driving your shit out there. I'm, like, oh, man, I'm about to, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm about to have to swing in front of this dude, like, ah! Well, see, it's, like, you know, it's a, Gabe's not the only golfer I know. You know I, I know people that like to go out on, on the weekends and stuff like that, but most of the conversations where this type of stuff comes up, 
um, you hear very much the comment of uh, like, well, you know, half of it is really just going out and hanging out with the buds and drinking some brews and stuff. And, and so, again, we're like, no, dude, that's not what we're talking about <laughs> no, here. I mean, that's this like 75. Is, for is, me, that's like 75% of it. I suck. Like, and I'm not afraid to say it. I go out there and I'm hit. That's why I, I told you uh, whenever I've gone golfing, I go and buy the, the secondhand balls and freaking get like yeah, 20. You know they're going to be gone. I get like 20. You know, they're like a dollar each. I go throw a 20 down and pick out a bunch of them and then hit them into the bushes, man. Yeah, dude. If, you, if, if, you, if you're like that, which, I mean, I, I can say that I'm, I'm kind of that guy too. Man, yeah, you don't don't spend money on like crazy stuff that you're just gonna lose. I see the dudes like breaking open like new new uh, new packs of the balls and everything. And like, and honestly, no, and one thing <laughs> one thing that I, what I'm about to get to right now, like any hobby, you know, they get expensive the further that you mm-hmm. get tied into them. Aaron knows obviously what gear, mm-hmm. you know. So it's one of those things to where you know as you you know your journey begins and you get kind of just you know drawn into the mix and you want to get further along even john plays golf over here and he understands it quite well how it's it's not a cheap sport you know and it's one of those things where over time it's kind of like well how dedicated and in fact you know are you which a lot of people don't know is in high school when i was playing music and i was playing golf um it I had a chance to go and play, man, fucking at University of Hawaii Pacific. No way, and, dude. And a lot of people don't know that, but that was just drawn in, of course, you from can just gather from my exclamation there. Playing a lot of like <laughs> like tournaments and stuff and doing pretty well and seeing that I was seventeen and I was playing wow. music and I started with a company that I'm working for, a local grocer that, you know, started full time out the gates and I was kinda like well, I'll just go to like community college, play music on the side. I got so a full-time humble. job. So I got this. I can always go back and pick up where I left off, right? And then some time kind of gone in between and things changed and dude, that sounds very much like a a comment that I drop, you know, every now and then when it's uh, when it's uh when it's relevant, uh just like stuff with band stuff or you know, momentum like that is not something that you can just put down and then come back and pick up later. But you don't know at the time. Yeah, exactly. But And you can hear people telling you that from experience and you're just kind of like, ah, dude, well, I'm not you. You know, you chose your path. I'm choosing mine. And then by the time you know it, you get away from the whole, yeah. Yeah. But just not to keep on picking on you, dude, but now you guys know a little bit more, not only about uh, Gabe's past and the kind of stuff he's into, but a little (laughs) bit about his personality because... Look how deep we had to dig to get the answer to the initial, hey, so what got you into golf? And, yeah, man. Yeah, it's like, there the, you go. The one thing I know about Gabe is he's not normally talking about yeah. stuff just like, hey, man, like, blah, blah, blah. Like, here's about me. Like, no, he doesn't he didn't do that kind of stuff. Yeah. So sometimes you do have to pull it out. Look, yeah, it, it's so it funny. That, I mean, he's, how did he start? He's like, well, it's just kind of my thing, you know. Five minutes later, yeah, well, I got a scholarship to pull good thing. <laughs> By the way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's too cool, man. I, f- I feel like that's like one of those things where if you can you know be really good at more than one thing I, that's so rare man like yeah. a lot of people don't even have one thing that they're like excellent at because they haven't put enough time in it but yeah. to be able to find that kind of shit where it's like oh yeah dude trust me i'll put money on both ends over here like you want to go yeah. like come on let's do it well i'm glad that you mentioned that too because it was something i was thinking about and especially i know Let's see. At least one of you guys has kids, right? Anybody else? <laughs> I'm the only one, man. He's I got, like, I got I enough got for the whole band. Yeah, I, I huh? had kids for the whole band. <laughs> so Aaron has kids. You know, of course, all of us are age where, you know, we got kids and all that kind of stuff. Not necessarily just for kids, but what I'm trying to say is stuff like that, if uh, if there's something that interests you, uh, I mean, we all we all have little hobbies and little kind of things that we like to do, but it's you know it's different when, when, when you feel 
something specific for a certain activity or a certain thing. And uh, whether it's for yourself or whether it's so important for the kids, dude, especially these days because most of them spend so much time on screens and all that type of stuff. Like I'm a big, 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 big believer and advocate of for nurture that stuff, dude, whether it's yourself. For sure, man. Uh-huh. Especially if it's for the kids. I mean, you know, a lot of parents try to force, not not necessarily force, but, you know, I want my kid to play this. And that's cool. Get them involved in all that stuff. But you'll see when they naturally gravitate towards something like Gabe, you were talking about. Yeah. And I'm just like, dude, stuff like that, go for it, dude. Dude, you know, super cool story, man. Like I, um, so a while back after my, my grandmother, my grandmother passed and, you know, my uncle was, was taking care of the house over there that, that they had, he moved away and there was a, the piano there that I remember ever since I was little. And, you know, he moved, he moved to Arizona. So I went, my family's from El Paso. But uh, I went there one uh, one time, and I, I picked up the piano. I brought it home, and uh, funny enough, Mr. Austin Burns across the table from me. Uh, his Got father is an excellent, <clears throat> excellent pianist, and he does uh, tunings and all everything. So uh, he came over to my house, and he, he, he tuned up the piano and, and, and got it, you know, ready to play. So since that thing's been tuned up, my oldest daughter, Haley, has been just, nice. like, playing like crazy. And I'm showing her like little chords here, like okay, so you're you're picking out these melodies, single note, like okay, now there's these chords, and she was so excited today before I left. Um, she showed me she and she's doing two hands. She's doing like she figured out a song wow. playing two hands, and it was like it was proper, you know, it wasn't just like okay, cool, cool kid. No, yeah. it was like she's actually doing it. That's and great. Yeah, and I've never had to like push that on or anything. It was just like she was. It was available to her. You know, like yeah. she's exposed to it, and, and that's it's there the key, for her to like availability. Just walk up to it when she wants, if she wants. Nice. Yeah, I mean, my little sister's picked up piano, but my dad hasn't taught her really. It's just been he, like, had, he hadn't sat down with her. Not, I mean, like once or twice, but like Dude. he doesn't really do it much because she doesn't really want him to. She wants to like try on her own. Well, that like, video you sent a while um, back, like. I, th- I thought for sure, like no, and she's getting like all these like runs and stuff too. Yeah. Like, Love it, dude. Love um, it. It's in the blood, man. It's yeah, in the blood. Then- so I had a similar story to, but 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 I'm 33, and uh, you guys are talking about children, so I'm gonna save my story. <laughs> <laughs> you, you got some chords and some two hand playing, you know? <laughs> but but what you said about oh, the you're availability, two hands, great job, Mauricio. <laughs> Aaron, what you said about availability and stuff like that, and and Austin, you chimed in about you know your dad who's just just badass on the keys in general having not shown your sister anything, but just being around it, hearing these things, seeing these things or whatever. Dude, I, I've not that I'm fucking a great guitarist or even good guitarist for that matter, or a great or good golfer for that matter, but I've never had a lesson on any of them. You know, it's just like pulling shit off of having seen things being done. Right on. And my style and technique when approaching golf and in guitar even for that matter, they're not fundamentally sound, but they work for me. And yeah, well, it's, it's just it's one of those things the of making it your own. And you're just you're just around it enough, you know, and you're oh yeah, you're immersed in it. It's it's the same thing. I mean, as a society, it got lost for a while, but I've noticed like industries are coming back to it rather than you know relying on a college degree where you sat in a classroom and learned something and like learned yeah. the proper way to do something, quote unquote. But instead, like really relying on people who are self-taught and have done the research and delve into that world on their own. In the same way you can go on YouTube, the same way you can go on YouTube about people looking up like the swing, the proper swing, everything from like the fundamentals from, you know, the golf grip to posture to the swing, everything affiliated with golf, not to like ramble on on here or anything, but the same way it is, it, it, it applies to music. It's music theory. 
I like to call it it's golf theory. Cool. So there's so many people out there that will express what they feel as to what is in fact right. But it's all about, you know, the person and making it, you know, honing it in themselves. Like it? Now, yeah. let me let me ask you this real quick, uh, because uh, I'm, I'm similar with me as far as, um, you know, I sing. And have, have, have I mentioned that I play drums? we got a few drummers in this band. Yeah. Some of us play drums. Uh, but same with me. Dude. I'm self-taught on both. Uh, I, I started playing drums when I was nine. I didn't. I sang just for the just for the fun of it since I was a little boy, but never, never like seriously until I was about 22 or so and i've been asked to like for example give lessons or hey can you teach my daughter or stuff or like on on both yeah and i actually i've i've actually thought about it and i don't know how like i wouldn't even know how to teach someone anything because i was never taught anything it was just right it. yeah so that that was my question to you with, with with your golf stuff and with your guitar playing stuff since you learned on your own do you have would you say that you kind of would be able to kind of teach what you know somebody else or and know, i have weird thing like me and i have like, i don't know so being here based out of san antonio i've actually worked with people from the first tee which actually helps kids you know who from the inner city who want to actually get involved cool. with a pastime for instance golf and going over like some of the little fundamentals and stuff like that and you can you know you can show them down the path of what it is and again it's just whatever they take from there and make it of their own but at the same time yeah i mean i can kind of get through the basics but overall i won't teach anybody what i do is that mm. if that makes sense see i th- I, I, I came across like the thing where like so I, I was introduced to guitar by my stepdad and i i, I still say every every time like i know everything i know because of because of him that's cool he tells the story and he's like oh no i showed him a couple things and he figured it out or whatever but it's really not that it's like when you when you're around, it's funny how things, different you, people you, see it. Sometimes you can kind of like pick out certain things, and it's not necessarily a lesson per se. But if you're sharing that information, it's just the same as a lesson. Oh yeah, of course. You know, like when, when when I when I was growing up, I started I started playing guitar at nine, and then once we get into like middle school, like especially middle school and high school, like everyone's like, oh, that's really cool. Like I'm gonna get my parents to buy me a guitar. And so they would come to my house, <laughs> and like it was, my house was the music, the house. jam session. Yeah, and I'm laughing. everyone would come over, and it was just like trading, trading knowledge. Like, oh wait, wait, how did you play that over there? Like, oh, show yeah. me this, show me that, whatever. And so that was the whole thing. So I guess technically nobody was really like taught, but I know some excellent musicians that came from that time period, and it was a matter of just figuring out like what knowledge do I need to know. And the reason why I'm saying all this is because I feel like that's really important because when um when I learned. I was asking the questions as far as like, oh, well, how do I do that? And then like my stepdad would be like, oh, by the way, since you're interested in that, like check this thing out. Like this is really cool. And so you would trade off. So I learned a lot of really cool stuff that I don't think I would have necessarily learned in lessons because there was no rigidity to it. It was just it was simply uh, just about the interest. Of course, and yeah, every, and, and it, it kept me. Engaged, Which a lot of people, you know? if in fact started that opposite way than you did, get really discouraged, mm-hmm. and they're like, you know what, ah, it's not for me. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So, well, so I got to go ahead. Austin. Well, I'm just because I kind of to answer your question. I mean, I do that. I'm I'm self taught, but I do teach now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was that was a struggle that I had to figure out for sure at the beginning. Was like, okay, how do I do this? So for my drum students, it's a little easier because I do have drumline experience. So right. I do have like some structure right. with that. Oh, that's where you're uh, badass. But when it comes to drum set, like that's that's a whole other thing. And that was like one where I was kind of just coached. You know, it wasn't like I had a, a teacher because my dad's not a drummer, but he's been around a lot of drummers. And so playing with him, he would like coach me on certain things. Like he couldn't show me how to do it. He would just be like, you know, do this, like 
boom, ta-ta, boom, dot, you know, like do something like that. And I'd kind of figure it out and he'd be like, yeah, yeah, that's it. You know, that's the feel or like, and he would give me little like pointers here and there based on that. And that's pretty much how I developed my drumming um, as far as on the drum set. And then, like I said, I was on drum line. So I got the rudiment bass from there and things like that. It's but cool, cool thing about the arts is that, uh, yeah, of course, there's there's certain stuff that uh, training is is is, is uh, going to do you so much good, and then there's just so much that can't. But be it's taught. an art, yeah, so it's an art. And so, that's, wait, hold on, wait, that's pa- pause is. real like, fast. Didn't me. you guys do the? Were you all drumline same time? Yeah. Well, I'm I'm talking yes. about Mr. Uh, Mr. John Becker here. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we were I, both on drumline. Oh hell yeah, dude! So I come we on, were, John. We literally you talk more at like, the pole than you're at, than at the table. So. I actually, I think I have a final point to make upon this whole s- subject before we move on to the next topic, you know, maybe to relate more to all the listeners out there, uh, everybody at this table and, and at the bar up there, we all got our nine to five or full-time job, whatever you want to call it, um, but it's good to find the things, the s- stress relievers, call it a pastime, yeah. whatever you want, you know, things that you find joy in, interest in. Whether it be listening to music, playing music, playing video games, working out, fishing, hunting, playing golf, right? Um, whatever, whatever you find happiness in, to just get away from normal life and the stress of normal life, right? It's just like you can look at anybody and not know, like Gabe. Look at him, long hair, piercings, tattoo, goatee. He's a badass golfer, right? Yeah. Um. Dude, good stuff, man. I want to I, I want to chime in a second final point on that, and I think it wraps up this whole last part of the conversation that we've been having <laughs> because we're talking about the natural stuff and we're talking about teaching and teachers in general. Um, do we have any more of that big wave, dude? Yeah, yeah. I would love another shot, and I think this is another one. What, what did you call that thing? It's called a Hawaii bomb. It's called a Hawaii bomb. If anybody else wants to have a shot right now, too, uh, of whatever you might want to drink or if you want to have another one of those, um, I would like to send a special shout out, which I think is very important, um, uh, uh, to the teachers out there, man. To the, whether it be teachers at school, um, sports, music, teachers are so important. And I'm gonna share a real quick story, and, and this this is a this is a testament to 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 what separates good teachers from. I'm not going to say the rest of the, that sentence, but this is how cool. This we get is, you. Yeah, so the ones that we remember. When I was in the seventh grade, like I said, I started playing drums when I was about nine just because my older brother, JJ, had a drum set, and I jumped on the drum set. That was it. Uh, my older brother, George, played guitar, and yeah, ever since I was a little kid, I had dreams of yeah, Slash and all the badass guys do this. Like, there's almost, even, even for a singer, dude, there's like, there's kind of nothing cooler than a fucking just badass lead guitar player. So... When I was in about the seventh grade, my parents took me to these lessons, and I took like a whole fuck. I can't remember. It was like a six or a twelve week run. Um, they used to drive me way in the hell across town. They bought me acoustic. Uh, I think it was a Washburn guitar, beautiful guitar. And uh, dude, I didn't learn a thing in that whole mm-hmm. session. And so <clears throat> the reason was the teacher at the time. The teacher, the guy was fucking. Thank you, Aaron. I appreciate that. The guy was a phenomenal, phenomenal guitar player. He would end every lesson. Um, when he would just throw this badass little flamenco kind of uh, um, solo thing, and we all loved it. But you know, he was teaching us songs like "Danny Boy" and "Jingle All the Way" and stuff like that. Um, I remember one time uh, when I think he was late. The whole rest of the class it was made up of uh, everything from little kids like myself to old people, 
and everybody was like, dude, it's like, do you any, do any of you guys want to learn any of these songs? Like, none of us care about none of these songs. Like, man, hey, somebody asked him, hey, you the old guy? I don't remember what his name was. Like, <laughs> uh, you know, you why don't you bring it up? You know, tell him that something. Anyway, the point is for me, and I would come home from those lessons, and I would try to look at the stuff, the material, and I would just put the guitar down and go jump on the drums for four hours, dude. Just yeah, and, in and one so, ear and out the other. Now check this out. And so at the time, they, there's one very very simple fucking detail that this guy didn't mention in that whole course and would have made the difference for me um, if I would have started playing guitar at that time, if somebody would have told me this at that time. Because fast forward years later down the line, I was about 18, 19 or so, and my older brother George sat me down for whatever reason, I don't know why, and he gave me this very, very simple but super fucking key a uh, piece of information when it comes to playing guitars. He says, dude, guitar is basically chords. And so there's so many chords, and you learn a few of these chords, and you can play an infinite amount of songs. And so back then when I was in seventh grade getting the lessons from this guy, that guy never mentioned that. And so I still, in my head, I was to me, yeah. to me it was so hard because I was like, I thought every single song was its own, like, up and down the fretboard and every string and i was like to me it was like dude how, how is it even possible to memorize all that stuff dude i don't yeah. understand and 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 he, he never gave across that simple piece of information so fast forward uh to when i was about 18 19 and my brother showed me the three chords that make up i think every rose has its thorn yeah yeah gcd and just with those Dude, and I fucking could not put the guitar down a after that. A million songs have been written yes, in that dude. fucking chord and I fucking, progression. And I was like, oh, that kind of sounds like knocking on his door. Yeah, that kind of sounds like this. It, 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 just that. And so that's, again, so just to go back to the testament to um, a good teacher, dude, and, w- and what that could have done, for example, for me when I was in seventh grade, that seventh grade kid. Who knows, man? Dude, so uh, cheers to the teachers out there, man. The, the, the ones you guys put your uh, your hearts and souls out there. A lot of you guys uh, buy your own materials and all that stuff. But just other stuff, too. Like we said, the coaches, uh, sports, music, whatever it is. Cheers to the teachers. I'm going to drop my shot again. Everybody want to have a drink with me? Uh, you guys listening, oh, yeah. too? Let's do it. Cheers, just remember, brother. the last thing to be said on this segment before we move on, and it's about teachers, is those who can't do... Sorry, we do that every time we shoot. <laughs> it's to remember that those that yeah. can't do teach, and those that can teach teach gym. Ah, so, fuck that! It's all good. <laughs> We're having fun. Rock, that's why. That's why all the. Uh, that's why every fucking. Uh, Every history teacher in middle school was the social security, uh, the, 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 the social studies teacher was the coach, yeah. <laughs> True. Social, social security? <laughs> the SSI guy? Yeah, they don't teach you that in school, do they? <laughs> oh, man. It's rock and roll, man. Anyway, but anyways, about anyways on, shout out to Fury Golf. Some really cool dudes doing some really cool things. Um, rock and roll spirit on the links. Totally cool, man. Yeah, hell yeah. Shout out. So, All right, uh, man, what else we got? Uh, I think it's time to move on. What are we going to do, uh, Mr. Becker? We got a couple of history things, you got right? Your, you got your history uh, facts. Since we're talking about um, back when we were in school and years ago. So uh, bust out your your orange social studies book for me. <laughs> what page, brother? Um, 1967. <laughs> Way back in time. Way back. Uh, uh, all right. This, all is right. A, this is a band that's been around for... Nearly 60 years now, about 59 years. may have heard of them. The Rolling Stones. All right. All right, all right, all right. There you go. There you go. Uh, (laughs) In 
1967. Forget you may have heard of them. I mean, didn't they? They're just did they do a headlining show somewhere last night at the Wood? You know, <laughs> they shouldn't uh, even be around. They, they, no they've more done shows. some stuff. Half of the Let's band shouldn't say. even be around no more. Do they are still out there kicking and whatnot? So, uh, playing in one of the Iron Curtain countries. That this is the first time rock band from Western Europe performed in Eastern Europe. Dude, mixing rock and roll with history. I love it. 27 shows at 16 different venues. So playing a lot of double headers, uh, two mm-hmm. shows in one day in 20 days. Wow. 27 shows, 16 venues, 20 days wow. in wow. Eastern European countries. Towards the end of their tour. Uh, t- towards the end of that tour, playing in Warsaw, Poland. Uh, playing the show, police used tear gas against two thousand fans. A riot broke out. So okay, so at the show, a riot broke out. Yes. Okay, wait. So wait, everyone got tear gassed. Like, ev- you go to a Stone show, and all of a sudden it's like, oh shit, fucking riot, cool, and then tear gas. What what incited so, the riot? Uh, Does it say what incited uh, the riot? I, I could I could look that up if you if you wanted me to here. Um, Dude, when was the, the uh, when was the uh, fuck? Because after Woodstock, then the Rolling Stones threw their own similar festival in California too. That went horribly wrong. I guess that wasn't obviously not in Poland, but when was that? Was that about? They had, a, they had a perform. They had a performance in the late seventies that actually uh, they it was a much bigger production than expected, and since the volume of the crowd that was there in attendance it was someone's bright idea to have the Hell's, Hell's Angels, Angels come yeah. out and kind of like. Make sure to see to it as security or whatnot. <laughs> they got the Hell's Angels, and that was like the worst thing that I they mean, could have done. Come on, though, dude. I like. Was that ever a good idea? It, at it all? wasn't, but it was kind of like a, a last call. No offense to Hell's Angels out there. You guys are listening to me. No, so. yeah, 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 yeah. A lot so, of nice guys, man. You know, I, I have in front of me. Uh, it says uh, doesn't say the reason why the riot broke out, but it said the people who did attend were told to behave accordingly during the concert or they would be removed from the venue. Well, it's Eastern Europe. However, a riot started. Visiting Soviet officials were not pleased by the Stones' performance. Mm. It would be a long while before the Stones would return to Eastern Bloc nations. Damn! Dude, (laughs) you look at that. I think there was a... Which one was the, uh, the Monsters of Rock that they did in Moscow? Um... I think Metallica headlined that one. I could I think be the big wrong. four were out there for sure. But uh, there's a dude. So it's from the Pantera. It's one of the one of the Pantera home movies videos. I don't know if it was part one or probably part two. I think. Um, and they had they show the live cut from uh, I don't remember what the fuck it was, but it's funny as shit because it's Monsters of Rock in Moscow and the the uh, the, the so the security was actually. Like military, you know, it's the military. Yeah, all the officials with the coats mil- and everything. Yeah, dude, they're, dude. they're just—it's wild, dude. Just, yeah, do you imagine going to a show like that? And so they show the crowd, and it's like all through the, all through the performers, like shit. these fucking military guys are just—they'll just like lean over and crack somebody's fucking head in the crowd, and that was their like you know crowd control you practices. Dude. Hey, yeah. you won't do that, will you? <laughs> <laughs> no, Let me see you try that again. I won't do that. <laughs> no, but the crazy oh, thing yeah. is, I think uh, uh, Phil Anselmo at a certain point in the show, he actually stopped and he was like, in his Phil ways, like, man, man, we're not gonna fucking keep playing, man. If you guys, you know, these are our fans and all this kind of shit. We're brothers and, you know. And so, <laughs> hey man, had talk to uh, Phil. Yeah. So, right. so, I mean, think of a show, 2,000 people, 
I don't know the venue. Uh, I, I I can pull it up real quick. It's right not here. like huge, and right, I'm right? Guar- that, I'm guaranteeing that was definitely playing, more than two thousand people playing at the Palace of Culture and Science Congress Hall. In that's like South Aztec, Poland. two thousand, yeah. right? So like a packed so Aztec. not that many, people, but a two thousand person riot. Close. Yeah, in Sounds the 60s especially. A lot. Yeah. 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 It's not a huge show, but it's a good-sized riot. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. That's, oh, yeah. that's, that's, hey, man, I'm going to start. That's how we're going to start judging our crowds. <laughs> All right, you know, like, I mean, for a show, wasn't a ton of people. But if, but if it was a riot. Oh, man, I just hit my mic. Yeah, <laughs> if it was a riot, people so, notice. Uh, I'd be on the news for sure. Secondly and last, I got here in 1994, Kurt Cobain was cremated at Fleet's oh, funeral home in Seattle. On this day. On this day, a death certificate listed Cobain's occupation as poet, musician, and his type of business, Aww. punk rock. Nice. That is very <laughs> punk rock. Wow. <laughs> well, I'm going to give one of these for the fact that that actually happened. It was a shame losing the man. But, Dude, uh, in, about you had 12, a a better, a more, like, in about 12 seconds, you just totally changed my mood radically. It's incredible. <laughs> He I'm was sorry. over here. He was wow. filling the Phil Ensemble, brother, cowboy from hell. No, and then he said gone. that. And now he's just like, you know what? It's Let's gone. wrap things up. All right. What's the voice line? Also? Oh, wait. There's got to be something more. Look, can we end on a high note? Is Let's there get a high note here? in here. Um, Let's bring it back, dude. Yeah. You know, you know what? Uh, 2007. <laughs> I expected that, that from, from either Mauricio uh, or Austin. Hey, Harrison, I know. I'm Harrison, slow today. George Harrison, 2009, former Beatle George Harrison, honored with the post. Sorry. How do you. Posthumous. 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 Meaning star. after death. Yes. Right? Posthumous star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame cool. in Los Angeles. Cool. Still death nice. related, but a better story. Sir Sir Paul McCartney attended the unveiling along with Harrison's widow Olivia and his son. Also, Tom Hanks and Tom Petty. Can we get any more Toms, dude? Was Couple Tom Toms. Hardy not available? Like Wait, I, I just want to know what comes next. Tom Hanks and Tom Petty, what? Go, go they, on. They, they, go they, on. They were in attendance also. Oh, cool. Oh, nice. All right. Well, uh. <laughs> that, That's that better. Has, yeah, that, that was better. Yeah, that, yeah. that has been our segment. I'm okay. <laughs> cool. I'm okay now, dude. Thanks. All right. So we're going to we're gonna move along. Uh, I think it's time to do the playlist. Are we good with that? Yeah. Yeah. Good? I like that music history. Yeah. That's that good. Was, that, that was a cool one. Uh, it's been kind of boring sometimes, but uh, I think hey, that was a. Hey, history's never boring, dude. Okay. Yeah, dude. <laughs> hey, well, all right. Teach their own. So uh, we're gonna move on. Shout to the out playlist. to all the history teachers. <laughs> so <laughs> all those coaches. Oh god. <laughs> all right. So we're moving on to the uh, the playlist section of the the segment of the the podcast. So basically, what happens is we all pick something to submit to our playlist. You can find that. You turn your on brains a- off now. We're just gonna. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna. No r- learning. We're gonna rant for a bit, but uh, after oh, we after we, we have it picks. already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, so if if you're on Spotify, you can find it under the Rambling Souls playlist, and uh, we update it every time we do an episode. We add whatever we talk about on the show, and we put it up there. Now I will say, if you're catching up, like at a later date, it might not be on there because I mean the playlist is getting pretty long, so we're gonna have to cycle things in and out. So. Anyhow, um, ah, make it like twelve hours, dude. Dude, we're gonna have like a fucking two day playlist. Like that's fine. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, well, I'm, I'm gonna. So my pick for this week was uh, from a man named Jason Isbell. Um, but this is particularly with his full band, uh, the the Four Hundred Unit. Uh, there's a song called "Hope the High Road." Uh, man, this song—it's just like the energy of it. It was 
exactly what I needed at the right time. Like I was just driving in my my, my, my car and fucking shit comes on. Like I'm 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 on I'm listening to Sirius XM and I usually listen to like Outlaw Country. And he's totally not country. Like he I might call him Americana, like he's weird. I don't he's got some really rocking stuff and I love some of, of it can be kinda folky, whatever. Um but this song in particular, uh this one I was digging it the entire way, and then they hit you with this badass slide solo. Like, and I'm a sucker for slide. Like, there's no, two things that will, or three things really. Oh yeah, that will always get me: a killer slide solo, killer wah solo, and a killer killer whammy solo. So I, I'm, I'm a sucker for those things. Like, I, so automatically that got me. But if you're not f- familiar with Jason Isbell, I mean, he's one of one of the best songwriters that's alive today. So, um, the, the, like I said, this uh, this one is actually with his full band. Uh, it's Jason Isabel in, in, in the in the four hundred unit. So, I mean, I would definitely check out his stuff if you're not familiar with him. Um, again, where it's obviously going to be on our our playlist. You know, at on Spotify, it's uh, the Rambling Souls playlist. But please, please, please do check it out. So, uh, I think that's going to bring us to yeah. <clears throat> Mine's a little, probably a little more well known. Um, I threw it back, man. One of my favorite bands of all time, probably top three. Like, you know, obviously it's hard. It's always been hard for me to narrow it down. I love a lot of bands and a lot of music. But usually if people are like, all right, narrow it down, then I say Zeppelin and then Aerosmith. So I've been listening to a ton of Aerosmith lately. Yeah, I love Aerosmith. I always have, man. Steven Tyler, I just love love his voice. Um Dude, Love little, their style. Little side note, and just a shameless plug here, but jamming with you guys in this band has really brought me back to yeah. Steven Tyler style, the whole Aerosmith kind of stuff. Yeah, no, dude, I definitely yeah, get yeah, tons man. of that in your voice. It's awesome. Um, you know, you're saying you're a sucker for slide. I'm a sucker for, like, horns and stuff, and they they always had a lot of that kind of stuff yeah. and was really interesting. Um, I love that they would cover old-school songs, too like really throw it back to the roots of rock and roll and stuff like that. Um, it's really interesting how they would do that. Um, but the song I chose was love in an elevator. Um, I love going the stacked harmonies. Down. Oh yeah. That, uh, going down. yeah. Fuck and yeah, like dude. the middle section. And then at the very end, so good, dude. um, yeah, just the whole, like they had, it was really like Aerosmith is such a cool band because they definitely had, um, like prog elements without being yeah. a prog rock band, you know. See, that's um, yeah, a really a interesting point stuff. there because yeah, they they had that in there, but like they're not a, a prog rock band. They're not people. Rushed, people knew them to be like they're not poppy. And no, yeah. they're, they're, they covered they're, everything, dude. There's very few bands that you can that you can name out that that have done rock better than Aerosmith. Yeah. But to your point, yeah, dude, a lot of jazzy elements, a lot of uh, blues and blues stuff, like stuff that, like yeah. the Tons horns. Of blues. The, uh, <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, like they covered like a Rufus Thomas song and like. They've they've covered all kinds of old old shit and uh, like like I said to the roots of rock and roll and everything that it was and so I think it's the whole Boston thing the Massachusetts right isn't are they yeah. from Boston they're from Boston yeah, yeah uh, they're, they're Boston band yeah and they're rich rich music culture there obviously yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, that really reaches back with the jazz and everything like that so I just loved me and my dad tried to sit there one time and like count the stacked harmonies on, on the, at the end <laughs> oh dude it was at least like six like he stacked his voice on top of it on itself like so many times on that recording it's so cool love it um you and you, there's like even i think a track it's just like holding a really low note 
It's just like the whole time. Dude, it's crazy when you listen to that stuff like in headphones and you can really like dig in. Yeah, that's yeah, 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 absolutely. And I'm hearing it in my head too, and especially like that song has that whole another thing that the you know souls kind of like to do. That song, that particular song, little Ned, but dude, it has that whole just. That whole it's just like a jam section part mm-hmm. where it just kind of just that's goes saying, on yeah. and on and that's on. What, yeah. and it's just like it doesn't get boring. That's what gives it like kind of prog elements is they they have like parts that change up, but then come seems back improvised, like, but it's like perfectly so well, well placed. Yeah, that's yeah, great stuff, man. I love them. That always, was a good pick, man. I, that one caught me man. off guard when you sent it. I was like, oh, I forgot about that. And I was jamming the song. I'm like, oh, this is so good. Yes, like, why, have I, why, have it, I, why has it been this long since I listened to it? I this? love Aerosmith so much, and that's not even, like, one of my bigger favorite songs from them. But I'm just like, like you said, I'm hearing it in my head, right? and I'm like, dude, it's fucking <laughs> yeah, it's a great song. Dude, isn't that's it crazy how that shit works? Like, you could just mention the name of a song, and then all of a sudden, like, we're all hearing it in our head. It's like, <laughs> oh, dude, I love it. It's too good. All right. Who's next? Gabriel. Yeah. So about Fury Golf, no. <laughs> um, my pick, man. Um, you know, I've been talking to Aaron about this as of late, and I don't know if I'm spilling the beans, but uh, I think we're about to take another journey down the tonal path in guitar-related uh, spectrum in changing up some of our gear and stuff and what we're going to be using. And I know I'd stress to him about the whole Marshall and, and a Gibson. It kind of just goes hand-in-hand. Hand and, you know, there's some cool stuff brewing on that end just leave it at that but uh going back to a guy who would play just you know straight up gibson guitar you know les paul into a marshall is a uh, gary uh richrath who is one of my favorite guitars all time and everyone knows him of course with his work with what was that name again gary richrath you yeah, with, cool a, with a name. badass name like that yeah, you're, you're a, you can fucking play <laughs> golf or guitar you know for sure uh he you know he, he's known as a guitarist for ario speedwagon Cool. And, uh, you know, for a lengthy period of time and a ton of records and, you know, stuff in which he had worked with them on, um, my pick is Ario Speedwagon, Roll With The Changes. Uh, it's a great song, man. I just love, you know, going back. This is something Austin, you know, and I talked about before uh, this show tonight was that um, his dad could totally kill, uh, we're talking about Scott Burns, can totally kill all the key parts, you know, piano parts on this song. I guarantee and you he's played it at some point in his life. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure he's played it with I'm Kevin Cronin from Mario Speedwagon. Um, but the thing about it is, is that's such a great song that, you know, is so motivating from just hearing it musically and, you know, opening up with, with the bends and the roars from the guitar. You know, Gary Richard just totally, it's very hard to put lead guitar, you know, runs and, and licks over, like, a piano because there's so much going on already and it's the way he did it tastefully and the way he's he had god rest his soul pulled it off live especially just look it up it's a great song and you know he's one of my favorite guitarists all time and the cool thing about this song is um it's off their seventh studio album and this is a really kicker a good kicker for the the name of the album is you can tune a piano but you can't tune a fish <laughs> that's the name of the album. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, that whole thing that's is the name of the I've album. Dad's a dad joke a million times. I've got a. But the funny thing is, I've heard it a bunch of times too, and it still caused that involuntary re- reaction. You just <laughs> got a fun fact here for that song. Their first single from that 1978 album, yeah, 78 album, March 78, yeah, became their biggest song to that point. Their their biggest hit. That was the first time they broke the, the top 40. 
at 28, and that one was certified platinum twice. And wow. that was the so, first time through those seven albums that they reached the top 40 as a band. Yeah. So, uh, the top 40, dude? Really? Yeah, man. Got a, dude, another fun fact here. Uh, Cronin, you said Kevin, Kevin Cronin, Cronin lead, singer. lead singer, started writing the lyrics to that song on a brown paper bag in his Ford Pinto while he was driving. And you know what? The crazy so thing cool. about that is too is they, of course, through the discography and all that, they shared a lot of like the songwritings. You know, as far as for you know Ario Speedwagon, and there was a lot of songs that, uh, for instance, after the after. Uh, Gary Richrath had taken out of the band and they got in Dave Amato to fill in to do the lead parts and play the guitar parts or whatever. He was like, this was one of my favorite gigs to ever acquire because there's a solo on guitar in every single song. Yeah. But there's a lot of songs that didn't actually make the cuts, apparently, with Ario Speedwagon that were a little bit more guitar forceful. But Kevin Cronin was like, that's not our style kind of thing, you know, and you think him along the lines of being very soft-spoken yeah. and just kind of laid back, contemporary yeah. adult music kind of thing. I was going to say, you think REO Speedway and you don't think big, exactly, solos. Exactly. So you just kind of a more laid back, kind of chilled, but great production. Yeah. And these guys were just master musicians and their live performances speak tenfold, man. So, dude, like funny thing that you, when, when I saw that pick, it really brought me back to like my roots. So, like, I'd already started playing guitar at this time. I actually got to see... I saw REO Speedwagon. I, that, that's my first actual... I caught real, them out real, at... Real concert that I got to, like, choose. I saw them off at yeah. Lookout Road. I don't know, because we've seen a lot of the same cars. Oh, no. This, no, this, okay. this one was at Fiesta, All right, Texas. Cool. Nice. <laughs> yeah, nice. I did, cool. so, that was one of those concerts. Dude, I yeah, remember dude. those Fiesta Texas concerts. Dude, dude, they were so good. I saw Alice Cooper over there. Like, Dude, my yeah, brother went to Alice Cooper. Dude, you had to go while. through the Haunted House to get to that one, right? Oh, no. So he went through a few times, but the one that, where I went was like in the dead of fucking summer. It was hot uh, as shit. Dude, so for those of you guys listening might not be from San Antonio or out of state, Fiesta, Texas is the San Antonio Six Flags. So it's called yeah. Six Flags yeah. Fiesta, Texas. And they used to have badass concerts there. My brother actually saw Alice Cooper there once. He had this... A uh, whole segment where it was uh, the Alice Cooper's Brutal Planet. Oh, I remember that. Sh- yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I so when you that. would go, you would go to the concert and you would have to go through his Alice Cooper uh, Fun House, and then when you would come out the other side, you're at the fucking concert. That's so cool. <laughs> man. It just got better. Dude, yeah. the, the, those shows are really cool, man. No, like, when, World, those two. My my little sister saw Brett Michaels when she was like seven because <laughs> of that. And my mom well, took her. Dude, we have, so they used to have uh, so our local country station is called KJ ninety seven, and they would do a lot of shows over there. Like and it was called <clears> Lone Star Lills, like in, in the middle of Six Flags, right? So our our local station's broadcasting from there. They would do a lot of you know promotion. They brought high profile stuff, and then I think out of nowhere, like. I just started seeing a bunch of like rock acts going through there. Yeah. And so my my dad and I we had season passes and, and we're there one day and he's like, See who's go, going over to play over there. It's like Ario Speedwagon. I'm like, Yeah, fuck yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, All right. Hell yeah. It was cool because that was like when I was I was fresh on guitar, man. Like I was just starting. I was just starting to play, and I was like, What's I want to see, like, all of these people. Dude, this had to have been, like, 96-ish or something, 97. I think, who was I, the other one, my mom? Oh. I saw them, actually, it was REO Speedwagon and Jefferson Starship. Whoa. <laughs> I was saying, uh, I think Grand Funk Railroad city. did. And it's so it. funny that your, your your dad can say he probably saw them in, like, fucking 79. I, he, he probably did. It, it's one of those things honestly. where it's so cool to kind of, like, see them, you know, you're building all that, you know, you know, focus, anticipation, like the, like the, you know, 
like, oh man, I saw him when I was nine years old over at this and that. Like, <laughs> dude, I saw him when I was 16, 40 years ago, you know? It's so cool when, when they can do that dude, again. Quick, quick yeah. go around the table. Oh, yeah. We're not going to get into this, dude, but uh, first concert. Everybody real fast. I mean, REO for me. That was the first one where it was like legit, like, yeah. Uh, the eagles in the womb of my mother's stomach. Wow. Uh, that doesn't count. That's uh, cool. I'll accept that. I'll saw, accept saw that. In Sync shortly after that. <laughs> saw, uh, Billy Joel and Elton John with the dueling pianist. All right. Yeah, that's badass. Right I'd there. say, like, my actual first, first, like, rock show and what turned me on to, like, just rock music was uh, was The Colt. That was, like, my uh, first, like, you know. You got to, oh. Yeah, but that was, then again, that was just so, like. I've seen The Colt three times. Not knowing what I was you know witnessing you know what i mean because yeah. you don't know what you got man until like it's gone one or yeah. you fucking then realize it a hangover or two later yeah. and it's like oh fucking shit because you're talking about fiesta texas six flags i fucking saw selena there without even knowing and wow. i was so damn young oh, wow. and i i just remember having tugging on the strings on this episode bro dude. i remember being there and baking in like the july san antonio hardtop mm-hmm heat like and i mean the hard top like being in the fucking parking lot mm-hmm. with like sandwiches that were made in a fucking <laughs> beat to shit igloo little ice chest and being so All dehydrated <laughs> from drinking slurpees and ice uh you know what i'm talking Gatorade. about <laughs> what a wonderful selena story dude no oh but my I'm god serious. and i just remember like being so dope like ready to go that saturday or whatever it was to go with my cousins to fiesta texas and then just being burnt saturday. out wow being burnt out after an hour or two and like all right let's fuck this let's go home you wow. know and then just like we gotta wait around because the adults wanted to check out salinas so <laughs> the kids are just there for the ride you know dude you know what uh, our uh, our two first concerts are so different but they're yeah, i man. think equally just fucking legendary status but austin you go first uh deep purple oh yeah. shut up so. dude so that was at the majestic man uh sixth grade i was in sixth uh. grade and then and then uh the following summer, I went to Mayhem Fest. Oh so God. that was like, nice. that. I mean, I was, you know, I was already starting to become a metalhead. And I grew up on ACDC and Aerosmith and everything from my mom. But my dad, he had a client in town. He was in real estate at the time who like, you know, he just sold his house. So he was like, hey, man, I got some extra tickets to Deep Purple. And he was like, oh, oh I got to take my son because yes, I was just starting man. getting into guitar and stuff. And he was like, you know, that riff I showed you. Uh, smoke on the water i was like yeah and he's like we're gonna go see that band and i was like what and like you know i didn't dude. fucking know any of their stuff barely at all awesome, um dude. but yeah it That's was deep purple weird. dude i was super late to the deep purple game as well um but then when i finally made it yeah ugh, dude fucking deep purple um by the way uh, nobody really knows this but uh every time i walk in the room hush starts to play oh yeah, yeah i think you mentioned <laughs> something dun, 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 before in my head <laughs> yeah you that said was like the only other song that i knew about it. yeah um so mine was <sighs> this is gonna be funny as shit but mine was in the year 2000 i was in seventh grade i believe maybe six i can't remember and it was the kiss farewell tour oh, oh dude oh the 12th farewell no 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 this was the first <laughs> this was the first shout out shout out to my dad real quick i think the years uh what oh shit 1970 something 577 uh-huh. maybe a little yeah. later it's on their first world tour 70s where kiss dude yeah. a, a, you yeah. know they they've got a, they've one of their first records a lot of their live performances 
Um, yeah. Your life. One of them in San Antonio, my dad was at. Wow. Nice. Cool. Nice. So your dad you saw him so, at one of the first world tours, and you yes. saw him at one of the last world tours. Yeah, dude. So it was us. <laughs> and at the time, I was a kiss freak, dude. And so that started for me maybe about the fourth grade or so. He's talking about his dick, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Dude, I had, this, I had to, like, make it a thing to go watch Detroit Rock City because oh, my parents dude, were yes. not the biggest kiss fans, just like in the movie. Um, yes. Yeah. But uh, I, I was a kid. What, what was that record? It was like Carly Simon or some shit like that. Or no, it was the Carpenters. In the, the sure. opening scene, she puts it on. She, she puts it on. Uh, and then uh, was was it Love Gun or I don't. I forget what Kiss song came on. She spills the wine all over. Oh yeah, <laughs> I think it was Love Gun. Yeah, yeah. it was uh, the the lady that played uh, Magda from from something about. Yes, Magda. yes, 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 yes. <laughs> so check it out, dude. My my uh, mom and dad were not fans of rock and roll. And uh, dad especially was not a fan of Kiss. Uh, you know, just... Yeah, he was part of that whole parents that, like, yeah, man. that so, thought Kiss was Satan. But this is a really fucking cool story that I want to share. I want to stop sharing long stories, but I think this one's cool. So my older brother, JJ, of course, Kiss, Farewell Tour, all this kind of stuff. At the time, we thought we were never going to see him again. Ha, 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 funny. Um, it was Skid Row. <laughs> oh, fuck. Ooh. Ted Nugent. And kiss. Nice. What? That was the year, if you guys remember this, uh, Ted Nugent went on a rant, and, and that's when he got banned from San Antonio for saying a whole bunch of stuff about Mexicans. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Funny, funny. We'll, we'll, we'll skip no, that. No, I don't know about that. I need we'll to look it up. <laughs> after, after the show, dude, we'll feed in. Um, uh, that was before I lived here. <laughs> so, um, and so my older brother, JJ, had tickets, and um, <clears throat> dude, I just thought, I was like, JJ's going to take me to see Kiss, dude, because... I love Kiss more than anything in the world, dude. He said, you know, he probably has a surprise ticket or something. And then on the day, he's getting dressed and everything, and his buddy Gibran comes in, and they t- jumps in his fucking Firebird and takes off. And I'm like, you can take me to see Kiss, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and so check this out, dude. My fucking, my old man, dude. My old man was the, uh, at the time, he was an 18-wheeler driver. Came home that day. He knew it was the Kiss day. JJ already took off and, he just comes out and he goes, so what do you think, dude? Those tickets, how much? How much are we talking? 20 bucks, 30 bucks, something? Shit, back in 78 maybe, but. And I'm like, <laughs> well, dude, I don't, I, I don't know fucking, you know. So he's like, well, dude, I got 50 bucks, dude. And your mom's in the car. I got the trailer out there, but I can drop you off and, you know, you can see. And I was like, I couldn't fucking believe that he yeah, was even yeah, talking yeah, to me yeah, about man. this, dude. So he, great first concert experience, dude. I, I Dude, I, I, I experienced so many of the quintessential rock concert uh, experiences in that one show. Oh, I'm not, yeah. not going to mention all of them. But so my dad takes me uh, with the fucking full-on 18-wheeler dude, dump truck, drops me off at the corner of the Alamo Dome right there, Bill Miller's is, gives me 50 bucks and says, call me in the payphone when you're ready. I'll come pick you up later tonight. And so I walk in there. I'm 12 years old, dude. I don't know what the fuck <laughs> what. <laughs> yeah. By myself. And so I go up there and I get into the line. I figured, you know, there's only going to be, like, nosebleed seats left, but I don't even know how much they cost or what. I'm in line, and some guy rolls up, uh, you know, passes by me. He's like, you got some tickets? And I'm like, huh? Do I got some tickets? No, I'm fucking in line for the, duh, I'm in line. Yeah. I didn't know at the time that. Uh, scalpers. The, the code for scalpers, because you can't be walking around saying, would you like to buy a ticket? So the code is, for you guys, if you don't know, if you're at a concert and somebody asks you, do you got any extra tickets? They're trying to sell you some tickets. Okay. So uh, he pulls out the map, and he's like, look, dude, the box office, all they got left is the nosebleed seats up here. 
he pulls out the map. He's like, I got a seat right here for this. He's like, I got two tickets for this. I was like, dude, I'm a, I'm a little boy. <laughs> I only have this amount of money. I'm by myself. Do you have one? And he's like, well, I got this one for whatever price. So my dad gave me 50 bucks. I think he sold it to me for 30 bucks. Um, and I see that. I was like, dude, that's a fucking badass seat. So I, <laughs> so I took the ticket, went inside. With the remaining money, I think I bought like a slice of pizza and a soda. And I went in there. And... Dude, it was just, it was kiss, dude. It yeah, man. Life changing. I've never caught them. That's a I've, I've, only seen, I've seen, seen them been twice. Been and dude, I, yeah. I could go into so much more that took place that night, but, uh, you know, we'll just move on. But, dude, the fire, the Gene Simmons, the Ace Fraley blowing rockets out of his, it was everything. It was the pull out all the stops show, you know? Yeah, yeah. it was Alamo Dome. Pretty yeah. sure I developed asthma that night that, that continued on for until, like, after high school. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, Worth it. And See, if, that's if, how if, I that, if, if that was up until like 94, 95-ish, or no, 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 I should say, right around that time frame or whatever, they did have a, a, a regroup with A's for a little bit. Yeah. So it was uh, it was the reunion tour after they did Unplugged. Yeah. Then they did the full-on reunion tour where they yeah. came back to makeup. And after yeah. the reunion tour, then they were like, well, let's just end it. And they did the farewell tour, so that's when I caught Th- That was when he came back. And if I'm not mistaken, I think that was something that they actually ran X amount of dates was like one of like their longer, lengthy tours mm-hmm. with Ace, like, you know, in on the mix. And of course, because they were getting paid out of their fucking asses. But, oh, yeah. dude, that's so awesome, man. Yeah, that's, yeah. Dude, Shout that's out to my daddy. First, Shout out to my pops, man. Uh, the, you first know. concert story I was gonna say like the way you felt like with just seeing all the production and stuff uh. was like how I finally felt when I got to see ACDC growing up on them I was like 15 and me and my mom went together and you know she had seen them like six times back yeah, in man. the you know 70s and 80s um, she'd seen them all the time and just like you know growing up watching VH1 classic uh. and stuff like that and hearing about all this shit that they would do live with the you giant how bell. old were you? Uh, I was like 15 um Whenever I actually got to see him, but like you know, the giant bell and like the, the big cannons. Rosie and the cannons, but, but and you, you said all the shit like that. Like you said, you were twelve when you saw really that cool. concert, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, Aaron and I, we've actually been out to a lot of like our fellow Texas guitarist natives shows. Dude, Ian Moore, come on, at like eight <laughs> and nine years of age, and that mm-hmm. was really cool because I was with my oldest brother at the time, and of course, you know, Aaron stated that he, uh, your stepdad, took you out to those shows, right? Uh, I think Ian Moore. I no, my my dad. My, okay, my, my and biological, then, which they're the same thing, man. Yeah. They're both my dads. Yeah, <laughs> so you know, we were actually in attendance at these shows. Shout out to the dads, dude. At fucking oh, yeah, nine man. years of age. But my like real first like heavy show that I ever went to, and this was on my own with like actual friends, and we were all fucking 11, 12 years old or whatever. We thought we were fucking badass motherfuckers. Was um the White Rabbit, and it was in ninety eight. I want to say ninety seven, ninety eight. And uh, saw fucking Limp Biscuit. And dude, <laughs> I never got to see them. Crazy. I, I wanted to do this so is bad crazy. for like so oh many God, years. Bro, Limp Biscuit, the White Rabbit. This I is crazy. It's a shit show. This is crazy. Okay, so we get there, right? We get dropped off, obviously, you know, somewhere down St. Mary's, and it is just packed, bro. Hang like, on, as and, if and though, so what year was that? Ninety-eight, I want to say. And so this is like the fucking White Rabbit heyday, dude. Yeah, yeah. That so, was probably also three-dollar bill kind of era, right? When we get when we get dropped off. I just remember having walked like the entire fucking strip to get there <laughs> because there was roads, there were streets blocked off. There were streets blocked off because yeah. they had a fucking course, like a tour bus set off to the side. And Dude, there was a certain way. at the White Rabbit. There dude. was a wow. huge ass line to get in. There was a huge ass line. And this was shortly after the same friend that I went to, Mondo, who I hope he's doing well out there, brother. Um, his older little. brother actually broke his leg not that long before at a System of a Down show that was there. Damn. But anyways... 
I remember. Wait, System played the White Rabbit too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I remember wow. going to that show, and I remember getting into that show and just seeing, like, you know, when you would see like a national act perform there, that line that would just wrap around. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, this thing wrapped around and then some. Wow. And I, I just remember like not knowing like the White Rabbit from like you know previously a couple of shows, seeing like Ian Moore, Chris Dorothy play there, thinking it was like I thought it was really really big, you know, and huge. Oh, and dude, when geez. we were packed yeah. in there, bro. Like fucking sardines, and I just remember like just loud like hip hop music being played like before they would come on, and yeah. I just remember like the stage lights dimming, everyone going crazy, and then coming back on and just fucking with the crowd. And it wasn't <laughs> until they got out there and performed, they just fucking dude the whole place wow. like that roof, bro. If it ever been lifted, it was that <laughs> night, man. Like it was legit, dude. And I just remember like. Going home and smelling like fucking absolute swamp ass and like bud because everybody around was fucking was smoking and shit. You know what I mean? Dude, swamp ass is pretty much built into the fabric of that place. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. They, they pulled out the swamp ass actually now. They, they, uh, but I just yeah, remember that. Anymore. Yeah, not anymore. And, and, and I just remember when uh, they did the little like like this little instrumental that went into uh, Faith. And yeah. when he was just like, all right, this is a song for the girls or whatever. Dude, when they jumped into that <laughs> shit, it, it was like, fuck. It, yeah. You know, like, whoa. I'm sure, it was pretty cool, man. I'm sure someone did. It was really cool. Yeah. Good stuff, All dude. right. Well, uh, I think we got to get to Hoff's pick. And so, uh, as we mentioned earlier, we do have the Google Voice line that you can call. Austin, what's that number again, brother? Uh, it is. Five one two seven six 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 seven seven four. All right, so we got a uh, we have called in specifically to do his uh, his pick. So make sure it's on the roadcaster. And uh, here we go. Hey guys, what's going on? It's your bass player, Hav. Oh wait, um, no, no, sorry, sorry. That's Pause. The that, that's one. the first one. Yeah, that's I got to go to the other one. My bad. Boo this man. man. <laughs> hey, guys. As I said, I'm calling in with my pick for the playlist segment this week. Uh, this week, I'm choosing a classic rock tune uh, from 1974. It's called Never Been Any Reason by Head East. Cool. Uh, man, I've always loved this song. As far as I'm concerned, it's, uh, it's got everything that you want from a rock song uh, from 1974. It's got it's got a great, a great drum groove and... Uh, the mini Moog, great guitar, uh, some really cool little bass fills and drum solo fills and stuff towards the end. Uh, it's just a really great jam. Uh, really big fan of the sound. Uh, love that synth solo. Uh, really, really cool stuff. Uh, so, yeah, that's my pick. Hope you guys like it. Uh, can't wait to listen to the rest of the show. Good stuff. Real, Sweet. Real quick, uh, real quick debut single by Head East from their debut album, Flat as a Pancake, also featured on the 1993 film, Dazed and Confused. Love that album title, dude. Always oh, love that album really? title. Great song, too, by the way. Great pick. Uh, uh, I guess uh, that I know it. Hav. seen that movie a million times. Dude, you don't know Never Been Any Reason? I can't think of it off the top of my head. I dude. mean, I know if I heard it, I'd recognize it. Yeah, you, you it. will, dude. I guarantee you. Great song, by the way, Hav. Uh, the only thing is, I am going to say that uh, you were dogging on my Saxon and Tesla last time, and so I'm just going to say... How many Hedy songs is that already, dude? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Great song, dude. Great song. Uh, that brings us to Mauricio. Yeah, man. So I'm going to... What we gonna, got? So uh, I, I stole two picks uh, this time just because uh, it's the what are we listening to this week. And so I'm like, well, I have more than one. 
So uh, the first one I'm not going to really mention much about, uh, but I'm kind of have a feeling that some of you guys might. <laughs> um, I'm going to do Pantera first, and uh, you guys were some of you guys were talking earlier about um, uh, yeah. covers. Uh, great covers. This is not the typical Pantera song, but for Pantera lovers out there, it's it's you know I'm sure it's a favorite of all of ours. Uh, Planet Caravan, Planet Fuck Caravan, yeah. which is a cover of Black Sabbath, correct? Yes. Sir. Um, and so this song just randomly popped into my head for some reason. I wanted to hear it. I don't know. I don't remember why. And then I just listened to it on like there was at least three different times over the past week where I just threw on Planet Caravan and it played for like at least a half hour. Nice. So that was my first pick. Uh, to answer a question that Gabe asked me before we started, and I told him I would come back to it right now, he asked if I uh, which 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 one um, do I prefer the the Pantera version or the Black Sabbath version? And I don't think I've ever heard the Black Sabbath version. Wow. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, dude, it happens. Well, like, you know, you know how long it took me to find out that Come Together. I was thought a it was Beatles a Led song? Zeppelin cover. <laughs> it's the Black Sabbath. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. Yeah, nice. My second song is uh, this one. Actually, the big one for the week, and I, I'm going to tell a little bit of a story here because it's a uh, cool rock and roll. I don't know if you want to call it history, but cool heavy metal. It's just a cool heavy metal story all around. I'm going to try to make it really fast. <clears throat> I'm going to say a bunch of names and bands uh, that uh, a lot of you guys might not be familiar with. But there's a guy named Tobias Sammet, and uh, he was initially in a band called Ed Guy. They're from Germany. And uh, anybody that knows me for a significant amount of time probably got sick and tired of me talking about Tobias Sammet and that guy. Because uh, when I was introduced to them in 2004, fucking just... Um, at the time, I didn't know that there was... Re- I-, I thought at very much at the time, like, eh, my traditional idea of a rock star is dead and gone. And there won't be rock stars like that anymore. Until I fucking saw Toby. And um, basically... Myself as a singer, I spent about 10 years just trying to emulate everything and anything this guy did to his singing, to his songwriting, to his stage presence and all that stuff. Um, uh, right around the same time when I was discovering Ed Guy, Tobias Samet, who's the lead singer and the, 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 the basically the leader of the band, writes all the songs, he got a hair up his ass to do a side project. Um, and he, growing up in Germany, his favorite band was Halloween. You know, like mine is... Guns N' Roses, Iron Maiden. This guy was a Halloween freak. And so at the time, <clears throat> most of the original Halloween members were no longer in Halloween. And so he reached out, I think, to one of them. He didn't set out the cool story about this. Is, wait, wait till you hear it all. None of this none of this was ever set out to be what it initially became. So first of all, he just, I think he contacted one of the ex-Halloween members and was like, hey, I'm this guy from this band. You probably never heard of me, but he just took a chance. He was like, well, he's not, guy's not doing anything right now. Maybe he might want to yeah. take a little bit of time to, to, to do a thing with a fucking loser like me. And so that one guy said yes. And so that turned into other members. Well, who you got? He called one of the other ex-Halloween guys. <clears throat> Next thing you know, it was all of the original Halloween. With this guy singing. With Tobias singing. Nice. And so, side project, the band was called Aventasia. And so they did the first two albums called The Metal Opera Part 1 and Part 2. Um, the side project. The Metal Opera. Yes. I like that. The so side project. I've, I've got here that Aventasia is a rock opera band. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, very much. So it turned into this whole thing where 
so not to get ahead of the story, but um, the reason it's called a rock opera, he's t- he tells it in a rock opera format, and he brings in guest uh, vocals. Uh, so there's on each album, there's about three, four. I think the albums he's doing now, who knows how many fucking guest vocalists. Uh, so on the last few albums, Jeff Tate has been on it. Biff Byford has been on it. I've got here uh, on the Scarecrow album, Alice Cooper. Alice Cooper was nice. on it. D. Snyder's been on it. Fucking Sharon wow. Denondo. It's like, and it, so anyway, the first two albums they did, and then the record label that they were on was like, okay, bust out another one. And well, so do they, of, like, tie the songs together? Like, Yeah, so the first two was, like, a continuous story type stuff. Uh-huh. The third one was The Scarecrow. It's this whole story on its own. I think the fourth and fifth was The Wicked Symphony, which uh, you're looking at right there. That's sick. Um, the Wicked I need Symphony. to look that Anyway, up. blah, blah, blah. So this, after The Scarecrow, which is the song that I'm talking about. The album was called The Scarecrow, and this is the title track from that from that album. Um, the, 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 the offers for shows started coming in, and a tour. They wanted Aventasia to go on tour, and the fucking, you know, the big European metal festival, South America was calling, and he's like, no, dude, this is just a side thing. It's not even... And the, the money that was being offered for this thing... And he was like, well, even if I wanted to, like, you could, this, there's not even a band. It's just like, it's I call the musicians project, and yeah. we do the thing. And so here's where it gets cool because this song, the specific song that I picked for, for the playlist, it's from a specific live version, uh, live at Wacken, open air, which I think I was talking about earlier. And so check this out. So they called him. For the, If you guys don't know. Wacken Open Air Festival is a metal festival that takes place in Germany. It is literally the mecca of heavy metal festivals. Like, you have to see it one day before you die type stuff. You know, um, it doesn't get bigger than fucking Wacken Open Air. And so they called him and they said, hey, we want you, Hmm. Aventasia, this band that's not even really a band, to headline Wacken Open Air. That's pretty cool. again, he's like, well, Geez, of course, it was it was kind of freaking him out that all this stuff was going this way. But he was like, well, again, dude, no, it's not. First of all, it's not even a whole band. Even if I wanted to, the logistics, I mean, it's just. Like, how am I going to get all of these guest singers? Yes, all there? the singers like, and all of these other singers were from other bands and stuff. And so check this out. So he, he declined once again. And then, I don't know if it was a few days later, how many, whatever days later it was. Um, and he found out that. The band that they got to fill that spot instead of Aventasia, which they initially wanted, was Iron Maiden. Hmm. And so he, that fucking just blew his mind. And he's like, dude, they're, they're putting my fucking band on the, the same Level levels Iron Maiden. That is pretty fucking cool. And Wait, so that, Iron Maiden was playing B, though. How cool does that feel? Like, uh, well, that's, that's the point. And so he's like, dude. Now I can't not do this now. So yeah. he's like the people want a fuck, dude. Holy shit! And mind you, this was the side project. Right, and Ed guy was still like churning it out more, more not clubs, but they never made it to uh, like, not that huge, status. Yes, yeah. And so, dude, he put the band together. He got the singers, and and they said, "Fuck it, let's do a tour." And the 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 pinnacle. You know, was we'll, leading we'll, up to Wacken. Yeah, we'll do a tour for a couple of months so we can get fresh and we'll play Wacken. And so the, that concert that I'm talking about, they called it the Flying Opera 
live at Wacken. The first, I think the first half is live at Wacken. The second half is uh, Masters of Rock in Belgium. But the 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 live video version. When you see this uh, video and listen to this song, because the production and Tobias and the band and all the singers and everything—I mean, the song is cool enough by itself. But I suggest you guys to watch it with the video, and that's the—that's the, literally the concert that I'm talking about right now. That oh, so what happened was um, they wanted him to headline the headline day. It's a three-day festival. The headline day is Saturday, and then you know one more day on, on Sunday. So he declined it at first. They gave it to Iron Maiden. But the Sunday was still available. So then he called back and he's like, well, can I still get Sunday? And so they gave him Sunday. So he played Saturday. He closed out yeah. the festival. Yeah. The biggest, baddest festival yeah, with something right that was proclaimed as being just a side just project a side that, you know, ended up just fucking winning it over. That's so cool. Never underestimate. Now, that, that that's rock and roll. Fucking hate you. You know, it's one of those things where that's probably something that kind of just maybe festered for quite some time as an idea. Mm-hmm. And then as it became, you know, and came to fruition. The sad thing about that story. It took it, off. The sad thing about that story. I mean, depending on how you want to look at it, it's kind of sad for me because I'm still very much an Ed guy guy. It's the more kind of hard driven rock stuff. And this was, very, you know, metal opera. You can kind of sort of imagine guest singers and all that shit. And after a while, and Tobias still doesn't say it outright, but... Uh, uh, Aventasia took off so much and became this whole big, huge worldwide commercial thing. And little by little, Ed Guy just kind of got put on the shelf. And now it's yeah. been years since they've done any any Ed Guy. And we're not uh, as far as the Ed Guy community around the world, we're like all super bummed because we don't really know if there will ever be Ed Guy again. You can't really blame Toby because right, fuck, dude. I mean, and and yeah. to an extent, like again, you know for unforeseen reasons man i mean the fact that things took off and what in fact took place and yeah. in, in order it's just one of those things where it's kind of like hey man you know roll with it and adapt and and then you know the, it worked another, out the cool you know? thing is after a while it turned into a thing where it wasn't him reaching out to the guest singers and the guest musicians you know now they're getting calls and they're like you know so-and-so wants to be on the album it's really cool dude really cool it's funny that you say that too because I, I know if Hobbs listening right now, you know he'll, he he would be here definitely chiming in. But um, you're talking about like since that was basically put on the on on, on the back burner because now it's kind of like well how do you how do you attest that you yeah. know what what do you do now? Yeah. It's funny because um, a good buddy of mine who, who's a big Van Halen fan and we're still talking about you know the loss that that occurred yeah. but um we were talking Gosh, about this the other day episode, we were talking about it the other day about like Sammy Hagar. And how, like, you know, he opened up for Van Halen back in the day, and that's kind of, like, how the friendship began. And then, of course, you know, later on, he takes over on vocals. But talking about that, it was crazy because um, it was crazy because he had his own career, right? And he was doing well. And then he joins, you know, Van Halen, Mm -hmm. extends that career, right? And his reach and, you know, the, the Van Halen name, right, and carries the torch. But then it was like, okay, well, then after that, you know, he's, you know, he partook in like Chicken Foot and you know some other extra, just like you know one-off projects and stuff. I bet you've but, seen that too. But right? never <laughs> went. <laughs> you've never, probably seen Chicken Foot. Oh yeah, dude. But he <laughs> never went back and did like yeah. another solo album right. or anything from that matter. And it's just like at a certain point, you know, these guys. I, I do believe, in fact, they don't necessarily do it for like the capital. They don't do it for the money anymore. And they've kind of gone and gotten so far already, you know, of course that's in a different realm than of course your boy Ed, but it's still one of those things. It's like, well, how do you follow that up now? You know, that'd be tough, man. Yeah, man. Good. But that's cool though. Great stuff today. Really cool. So, uh, 
had a second, didn't you? No, he already did it. Oh, damn it. That was when he stepped out. Aaron yeah, stepped out for a second. stepped out. <laughs> oh, okay. All right, well. Uh, no, yeah, he just he flipped the order on that one because <laughs> he knew this because uh, he knew which one he was going to talk about the most. No, that's awesome, though, dude. I, I'm going to have to look them up because I don't know anything about that. And the whole, like, metal opera, like, makes I, me I do intrigued. have to, a uh, little bit of disclosure here. This style of music is not for everyone. Oh, yeah. No. And so I don't just go. For me, like I said, this was just like a fucking end-all, be-all for me for, like, 10 years. But it's not anything that I've ever been like, dude, you got to listen to this band. Because I know full and well that for a lot of people, you're not going to like it at all. So there's this band yeah. that I'd, like... I you know I've only shown to a few people, but it's definitely very very like deep in the music world. It's they're like a fucking metal band, but they use operatic vocals, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. straight operatic. Yeah, yeah vocals. that's a whole that's a whole uh, uh, you know, subgenre. Yeah, and it's a uh, Diablo Swing Orchestra. Cool, and they're really fucking sick. cool name. They, they awesome. got some really Diablo cool Swing. Stuff. I, I, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. No, we, we haven't had that drink on, on the on the podcast yet. <laughs> yeah, I think we need to invent one. No, <laughs> I'll, I'll, uh, I'll maybe I'll pick some for the. Next time we do an episode, I'll put a song on here. But cool. uh, yeah, there's they're just really <laughs> cool. They got the old school, you know, like swing style rhythms and some of it with a lot of horns and different things. You know, it's like, and again, it's like to get them all together to do things would be so crazy because there's probably like 16 people on those records. Oh, you know? dude, no, that's that's a going, huge going, ensemble. Going back to the advantageous stuff, one of the cool things is I think it was after this. It was a few albums later, but. Um, so Jeff Tate, as we all know, no longer in Queens Reich. Um, geez, I can't believe the name is escaping me right now. The, the guy that came in, uh, young guy, Todd Latour, Todd Latour from previously. I don't remember what band, but he, he, he was in another uh, famous kind of classic metal eighties, early nineties band. Sounded exactly like Jeff Tate in That's his crazy, young dude. days, right? Sounded exactly like Jeff Tate in his young days where we all kind of, Jeff Tate wasn't really sounding like that anymore. And so uh, he ended up on the Aventasia records. Wow. And I honestly think because, you know, Jeff Tate, dude, he kind of lost it there for a little while. Um, a lot of people just sh- completely shit on him now, which I don't think is fair at all because That's not Jeff cool. Tate, dude. Yeah, dude. If he gets Golly. old and he can't sing the stuff anymore, Fuck. dude, come on, dude. Yeah. So, but he, to be fair, he did kind of lose it there wait, for a little wait, while. Wait, wait, wait. What, did, what, what did you say? You, what, what, what did you say? I've been saying a whole bunch of shit. To be fair. To be fair. Absolutely. It's Jeff Tate. Come on. It's Jeff Tate. So, but check it out, dude. So then he ends up on these uh, on, on these last two Aventasia records. And I honestly think, because like I said, Jeff Tate had kind of lost it for a little while. Hopefully, hope to God he never hears this thing. But <laughs> I think that Jeff Tate, seeing what Queens Reich did with the little younger version of himself. And so Queens Reich went back and started playing all the early days stuff and all the big shit that Queens Reich as a band had stopped playing for a long time. The fans wanted to hear it. And so young Todd Latour was fucking just nailing it. And I think Jeff Tate, seeing that, kind of reinvigorated him to bring back what makes Jeff Tate Jeff Tate. And so you go listen to his songs on these Avantasia records. Yeah. Dude, it's some of the best fucking Jeff Tate performances. Dude, I mean, that's that's a when you collab with other musicians yeah. and when you come into like a place that's not your comfort zone, maybe necessarily, or you know, you get um, especially as 
vocalists and things like that. Yeah. Like, um, I mean, I, me and John have talked about it a lot in the past when it comes to hip hop and stuff. Like, some of the best verses yeah. and things to come out of hip hop artists are when they collaborate yeah, with other yeah, ones yeah. because everybody's kind of like, you know, pushing each other. Yes. You know, it's like when guys get out there, uh, you know, for the all-star game when the mm-hmm. basketball players get out yeah. there and they're just doing all this crazy stuff, and throwing it is, up crazy it is, alley-oops it is, and trying to show off a little bit. Yeah, you know? and it, it is friendly competition, but it, it still brings that yeah. out of you. It's still that competition. No, and when so, you see Homeboy over here just nail it and you're like, it's not that like, oh, you know, I want to be better than this guy, but I want to be the best version of myself yeah. right now. I want to prove because, myself like yeah. to go along with him because yeah. you know, yeah. he's killing it. So I want to kill it too. Real Not quick. necessarily like bring the attention away from him, but at yeah. least, you know, hold your own. Absolutely. To briefly touch back on that song by Aventasia, the Scarecrow. Mm-hmm. It's uh, off the album, the Scarecrow. Uh-huh. I, I was just looking. It looks like it's the longest song off of that album yeah it's 11 minutes long but yeah, it is so i haven't listened to it would you describe very, it as a ballad like n- it's got not necessarily it's very s- cross between like seven son of a seven son-esque and rhyme of the ancient mariner-esque so it's uh it's heavy it has two singers on it tobias Simon and jordan Lande, which you see you got right there with the big old mustache um, long song it has the heavy first half, and then it goes to like this really soft, kind of like a ballad type thing. It's not really a ballad; it's a heavy song. But then it has the middle part that's kind of like the middle part in Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner or, or Seven Son of a Sunset, where the heaviness all of a sudden drops way. So down that's where the low. the rock opera comes in. Yes, right? dude, mm-hmm. and it's so like atmospheric piano and all this kind of shit. And then of course there's the dramatic fucking. It turns back up and it gets even heavier in the second part. And it's like it's a fun eleven minutes, dude. Check it out. Yeah, I'm. I gotta check them out because I'm we'll, very I much think we'll a play this composition with the guy. On after. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So once again, guys, if y'all want to check this stuff out, we have the Rambling Souls playlist. It's on Spotify, and uh, yeah, that's what it's called, the Rambling Souls playlist. You should be able to find it super easy. So uh, you can check out everything that we've been talking about for you know all these episodes so far. Um, admittedly, I'm going to leave here. <laughs> I'm listening to that, dude. Cool. Yeah, no, oh, I got to sure. check I'll, that I'll out. I definitely got to check it out. The, the, cool thing watch this the, video the cool thing about this song is, like I said, th- this band in general is not really for everyone, but I think this song in particular is one that most people are be like, yeah, dude, fuck yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah though it's 11 minutes long. No, <laughs> <laughs> no that's killer, dude. Uh, you well, know, so, if we talk a lot about a bunch of different stuff, and if you guys want to get in with the conversation along with us, uh, we encourage you guys to jump on the Discord server. Uh, we got the Rambling Souls server, and uh, you can you check, check out this band that Mauricio is telling us about, the songs. Let us know if you like it, if you don't like it, if you think, oh, man, no, nah, this is way too weird for me, or, you know, get in on it and show, share your weird stuff, whatever weird off-the-wall music that you're yeah, into. That you know, you guys could actually share into. stuff with us, too, because if there's anything that you think is up our alley that that you listen to that you, that we should know about, I mean, I'm all about discovering new music. I know yeah, everybody else absolutely. here is, too. I mean, there's just not enough resources for, for finding new shit. Like, the thing I love about this band, one of the many things I love about this band, this group, uh, you know, all the guys that hang around us, is that San Antonio, dude, sadly, is very... One of the typical things of a lot of the music people here is like, and I hate hearing this. He's like, oh, man, there's no good music anymore, man. You know, there's nothing like the 80s. None of, none of my guys right here are like that. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah, love man. new music, dude. And so just shoot us what you got, man. Yeah, for real. So um, real quick before we uh, before we go, 
I just want to say thank y'all for listening and uh, cheers to y'all. I'm gonna drink one with cheers. You know, yeah, going cheers home. Everybody. Cheers, rock cheers, and y'all. roll. Salute. <laughs> All right, Austin, you want to take us out or what? Yeah, for sure, man. Um, you know, like I said, we got the Discord server, so you can share with us your music and things like that. But if you want to call in and maybe be featured on the show, we also have the Google Voice line <clears throat> at 512-7666-774. That's 512-7666-774. Wow. <laughs> All right, guys, it's been a pleasure. Thank you all so much for listening. Hope you're enjoying yourselves, and please, please, please connect with us. All the media that we give you, everything that we're saying, where you can talk to us, we want to hear from you, so uh, get back to us. Hope you enjoyed yourselves. Y'all have a good night, and uh, see you next time. Take it easy. See you guys around. Keep it live and loud.